Hello, and welcome to the Body Aware Living podcast. I'm Margot Rose, author of Body Aware Grieving, a fitness trainer's guide to caring for your health during sad times. And we are here with kind and wise people from around the world. We're looking for practical ways to get through difficult times and to celebrate our accomplishments. It's important to remember that none of the ideas discussed by myself or my guests are meant to replace any uh, personal health, wellness, legal advice you might need from professionals. All right, here we go. Today's guest is amazing. It's Darren Moore. Darren Moore is a national board certified health and wellness coach. He's also a group and personal fitness trainer. And I want to ask you to describe anything you want to add to that intro, Darren. Yes, I empower middle-aged professional men and women and seniors to take control of their health so they lead a high quality life as they age. And I do this by helping them set realistic goals within their unique situation. I provide education, recommendations, and accountability. Okay, because people are busy, right? People mm-hmm. are usually super busy. And, you know, so you're going to try to figure out what's going to work within their own circumstances, it sounds like, as part of your Correct. In addition to that, approach. there's other life. You know, life be life in sometimes. And, uh, you know, with lots of things that people are juggling, um, it's a lot of people, but they want to, you know, want to take some steps towards improving their health and well-being. And that's what I co-create with them are creating some strategies how to make that happen. You were describing lifestyle as medicine and you were describing community as medicine. Mm. And I got so curious because those <laughs> both sound like not our traditional advice. So can you explain what you mean by lifestyle as medicine and community as medicine? Yeah, so I'm going to clarify. So the first part, lifestyle medicine, what lifestyle medicine is, is I have the philosophy and the belief, along with others like me who are members of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine, we believe that our health and well-being rests on pillars, right? And so these six pillars, which include things like Uh, physical exercise, nutrition, stress management, sleep, um, healthy relationships or positive social connections. That's going to be key when I answer the next question. Uh, Avoidance or minimization of risky substances. What that looks like are people trying to stop smoking or reduce excessive alcohol. And so um, these pillars and the strength, the health of these pillars are will determine, you know, your health and well-being. And that it's important to look at all of those pillars when trying to make a change in your life. And that to just focus on one is kind of short-sighted. And so part of my approach when working with clients is to get them to look at all aspects of their health and well-being. And so that's what lifestyle medicine means. It's behaviors in those pillars that will get you the outcomes you desire. Now, community as medicine, that ties into the piece around healthy relationships slash positive social connections. We are humans and humans are wired for connection. We have lasted this long because of our ability to connect, need each other, cooperate, love. We need it. And people who are highly resilient and who are living in alignment with their values and their purpose in the world, you ask them what 
you know, how, what are some of the tools you've used? And it's about support. They've got support. They've got community, people together. And so community as medicine, what that speaks to is asking you to look in your life, in your world, and who around you do you have? Have you surrounded yourself with people who are affirming, supportive, or are they toxic? We've all heard the term, I work in a toxic environment, I'm in a toxic relationship. Well, that's that's the other side of that. So that's what community is medicine. And I think, again, I don't say one pillar is more important than the other, but it's one that I think people don't look at, that healthy relationship or their positive social connections as a pillar to be considered when they're trying to make a change in their life. And one last thing I'll add to that is, the Blue Zones. I'm not sure if you've heard of the Blue Zones. And there's actually a documentary right now that I recommend if, if you have if your audience has Netflix to watch. And it talks about these certain parts of the world. There's like five or six. I can't remember exactly. So I'm sorry if I'm wrong. But the bottom line is it's these parts of the world where people live to be over 100, right? The most centurions. And one of the pillars that supports that living to 100, and I mean, these are people who are living a high quality life all the way up to 100, is community. They all have community. People care about each other in the community, supportive. When you feel cared about and supported, you want you feel energized. You don't feel depressed or lonely or feelings of, you're not isolation. Isolation, loneliness, loneliness right now is one of the biggest things. It's a pandemic here in the U.S. So there, see the connection? It's about community. We need community. And so that's part of where the lifestyle medicine, but that piece, that pillar. And that's what I'm in the business of reminding people about, whether I'm delivering personal training, group fitness, or just coaching. And most people don't do that. That's what makes me unique. I bring that up. I at least spark that idea or concept into my client's mind so they can think about that so they can go back after we've had a great workout or whatever and think about hmm, who am I similar? Do I have community? Do I have support? Maybe that's what's getting in the way of me getting the outcomes I desire. Whatever that outcomes, you fill in the rest. Can can I hop in here? Cause I just get really curious because it sounds like you've known a lot of different kinds of people and you've worked with a lot of different kinds of people. So is it potentially harder as you've seen or experienced for men? versus women <laughs> to develop the intensity of the bright kind of uplifting, supporting, there for you when you need me kind of community and personal relationships. Would you would you speak to like there's yeah. there's gender, there's age, there's race, there's all these different directions we could go. And if you could speak to you know what you've seen and what you would yeah. what you've seen and what you would recommend as an improvement style. Well, I will definitely focus on the gender piece because you started off with men. Absolutely. Men are struggling with that capacity to be vulnerable and connected. And that's just, that's kind of almost, I don't want to say kind of, it's hardwired into our culture here in the U.S. around men and masculinity. And that gets into topics of toxic masculinity and what it means to be a man and all those definitions that have been passed on from generation. And it's evident in the fact that recent the research has still affirmed that men are living less than women. Women are outliving men. 
their health, are, they're more active. Women are more proactive with their health than men. So we've got the data. It's a fact. And it's because of our culture. But it's shifting. It is actually shifting. Uh, we are starting to allow men and boys. And the important point is boys. So if you have a male child in your life, it's incumbent on you to help us all as a society break the cycle of trying to speed up their manhood. Let them be boys. Teach them vulnerability. And if you're a man now, you want to break the cycle. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to be vulnerable and express your emotions. Because of your experience with fitness, wellness, and coming from like the opportunity of discussing a male perspective and it's really interesting how we met. Yeah. Do you want to mention how we met? Because it's it's sort of very sweet. Yeah. I've experienced great loss and grief over the past three years, starting at the beginning of the pandemic. So let's first put that out there. <laughs> I'm still recovering from the shock of that, as many do, of do us Do you feel are. okay mentioning? I mean, we talked about it personally, but do you feel okay mentioning a tiny bit of what what's if just even just the the headline of your own personal summary of the past two, three years, the way you mentioned it to me. Yeah, absolutely. So I lost my mother first at the beginning of the pandemic, and then less than a year later, my brother, and then a year later, my father. And then earlier this year, my sister and I, with the surviving children, we sold our family home. I'm from Chicago, so the, I, the home is in Chicago. We sold our family home. And that finally was the the shock that has reverberated in me that is really like, ah. So I've been processing a lot of that grief and loss. And uh, because I am trying to practice what I preach around being vulnerable and telling people how I'm feeling and not trying to mask it because I'm a man and I have to, mm, I share with one of my clients that I'm struggling. She asked me how I'm doing. And instead of just saying, oh, I'm okay and putting a smile on, that particular day, a few months ago, I was vulnerable and honest and told her I'm I'm struggling today and that I have been struggling. Now, I've been also I was I've been also struggling at that time with what? I mean, I'm a health and wellness coach, I'm a personal trainer, and don't I know some tools and strategies to help move through? But I'm I've later and I can share this what some other strategies I've used to help me move through it, but she recommended your book. And I said, sure. <laughs> hey, at this point, I was like, I'll take anything because I am I am paralyzed right now by all this, this grief and loss. And so she gifted me, and that's another thing I'm so grateful for. She gifted me the book. I could just went on Amazon and bought this, it. This book yes. over here, right? <laughs> yes, that wonderful little book that is Body nice. Body Aware Grieving, a fitness <laughs> trainer's guide to caring for your health during sad times. And, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, you you had said that your your nickname, and it's on your website as well, is um, was Sunny D, like part of your persona was like what we're seeing right now, which is, you know, cheerful and huge, gorgeous smile and, and uplifting <laughs> and inspiring other people. And that's part of why I was so glad to meet you because this, the same beautiful, beautiful client who had been my client previously, <laughs> I mean, she was my client when I was writing the book 
And so she knows what I was going through in my life, trying to do that same dance that you're talking about. Like, well, how Mm. much do I share? Because I was, I didn't just write about grief for fun. I wrote about grief because I was trying to figure out how to get through my own and how much you got to make money and you, as a personal trainer. And this is why I was so glad to talk to another personal trainer. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. people don't pay us to be depressed. You know, people, right. <laughs> people we're not in the right, right, bringing yeah. people down business. It's exactly. hard, so it's hard, hard to know it's how hard. to like, mm-hmm. so I wanted to find out. I was so honored that she, that, that I actually finally eventually finished the book. Cause it took a long time and a lot of effort to make things sound that simple. Yeah. You know, the book is short, it's simple, the font is really big, it's easy to read, it's yes. it's one page at a time is plenty. And the fact that it had actually finally been finished and somebody could recommend it and put it in the hands of somebody else was just like, like exciting. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering how, what did you learn from it? What did you learn from the book and the system of healing of body or grieving? What did you use? What did you learn? What part, if anything, was helpful to you? Yeah, there were so many things more than we'd have time for in this podcast, but I will share with you some of the highlights. You know, I said a few minutes ago that because of the the amount of loss that I endured in such a short period of time, in addition to a global pandemic that's important happening at the right. same time, my nervous system was hijacked. And when your nervous system is hijacked, you either go into fight, flight, or freeze. And I was in freeze mode. And what that looked like was I I just had no capacity to anything to, to just yeah, to turn on whatever the so I know what strategies to do. Right? I just was in freeze mode. I was paralyzed by all the loss. And the grief, not only my own, but the collective of the people I live around, because I'm very, I'm highly empathic and sensitive. So I'm picking up on the energies of my community and the world just pounded on me. And so one of the, the concepts that was brought up in the book, well, first of all, the fact that the book itself and having it created some space for me to read it back. It's almost akin to I'm very, uh, I'm high, I support people who journal as well. This is another way how you kind of, you need something to kind of break, to kind of shift, to give you a spark to like, oh, so you can step away. I needed something to step away from myself because one of the things you wrote in your book and I'm going to, I have that. You have your copy I there too. I have my copy. I keep <laughs> did, it with did you, me. Oh my goodness. Did you do the writing part? Because the, the whole last third of the book is designed to have people help create their own healing action plan. And I, there's all that space for writing. And when we met in person and you showed me that you'd actually written in your book, the way I'd hoped people would, I was just like, mm-hmm. really? <laughs> like somebody <laughs> actually did that. I was hoping it would be well, useful. Full transparency. I, I didn't fill out the back part. Uh, although uh-huh. there was tools in the back that I actually I do already, I was doing, but again, remind you, I was paralyzed by the fear. So I, that piece, but the writing that I was doing in the book were, were the writings in the, in between the lines and the circling. I'm, I'm, I'm a big highlighter and I write right where the information is that the author has written to, to pull me out. And I start my journaling literally. So it's almost 
a lazy thing. Instead of writing in the back of your book, I mean, I was doing it. I just did it in the the pages themselves. So just what's what's one of the things that you were like writing either circling or writing? What's one of the things that jumped out for you as being like, this is going to help me get through my day. You know, I just want people to get through their day better. Well, what I think was important, the, the big, the big takeaway was when I talked about you me needing to have to step away from myself, what I needed and what your book provided, one of the many wonderful things was reminding me that what I'm experiencing is okay. Validating my what with my experience, right? So you talked about at the end of this huge and a difficult marathon of activities, right? Because the plant, you know, trying to lay your parents around, all the stuff that you have to do, but there's still life that needs to be happening. And so what can happen is, I, I'm paraphrasing, is we get, when we try to get back to our own lives, if, and now mind you, I was in the middle of trying to, I'm in the middle of building my business. I'm helping support raise a, a little boy who, this was a year ago, is three years old. Um, I'm 57. I left corporate America and tech something that I've known for 35 years to launch my own business. There's a lot of anxiety. I have all these, like you mentioned in your book, we have all these responsibilities, got to pay the bill, got to do all that. The transition from that didn't even give myself time or space to grieve, right? And I needed to see it in your book because that affirmed to me, I'm not alone. You understood that obviously that's what can happen. And that's what pulled started the process of pulling me out because I was, oh, right. And then I was like, oh, that's right. I have been. I went right into just doing because I had all these responsibilities. And that's important. And that's why I wanted to make sure I, I started with that first to tell you how that benefited me because us humans, we need to, to know that what we're doing is okay and that it's, it's, it's okay that you're okay in how you're handling it. Because what can happen if you think that it's not, then that part of you will start to, you'll get into thinking that you're bad and perfect feelings of imperfection, which I, I'm moving past that. It, all those other things when, you know, what, you, what you're experiencing is normal. All of that are ways to ease a person's no- nervous system when you realize, oh, this is normal. It's just not me. I'm not bad. I'm not doing anything wrong. I was just trying to live life. And at the same time, I had experiencing loss and I needed to give some space for that. So I wanted to make sure that that, that was the big thing, right? And then, uh, does that make sense? Um, yeah, that, that, I mean, that it piece? seems like some periods of some periods of life are sort of like, you know, going down this huge, fast, crazy river, or river rapids or whatever. And if you can just keep your raft or your kayak, you know, off the rocks, then that's an accomplishment. Like some things aren't, aren't fixable right now. And some things aren't doable right now. It's not that we're not trying hard enough. It's not that we don't have enough talent. It's not that even we don't have enough support. Some stuff's just really, really, really hard. Yeah. And it's, it is natural and absolutely not our fault that we can't, we don't, if we don't feel like we can't handle it all right now, it's because you know what, we can't handle it all right now. So part of what, you know, part of that, just realizing it's not me failing at something, what I'm trying to accomplish isn't possible yeah. the way I have my, my uh, expectations set up. Absolutely. Know? Yeah. And so then from there, 
what was other what was also very very helpful in your book once i was able to to realize that that's what was happening and because i was neglecting and here's another point of power not allowing myself the space to just grieve because i jumped right into life back into life because this was my I, I flew back from chicago came back here to the bay area to resume all the lifing things that i had to do the lifing things that part of me that needed the space and to be acknowledged that i'm hurting the inner child in me the inner child in me that lost their family home we moved into that home when i was 3 years old we had the home for 50 years that's what i considered home i have a home here but that's home i didn't give it i didn't not acknowledge that it needed to be held and cuddled and all the things and so how it was showing up that's why i was then it was showing up in other areas of my life emotionally because this piece of me i wasn't allowing myself to grieve and I, and so the book that was one of the things it it made me make aware awareness of that right so i came out of that shock then other parts of your book where you suggested cuz you give tips of some things to do you know it reminded me then to ask for help now this speaks to an earlier question about men and not asking for help men not wanting to go to therapy as a possible strategy for that so i engaged and um i found a grief counselor right so that i could start to process so i've been in that I'm in that process right now. I'm also part of a spiritual community uh and I have reached out to practitioners at my spiritual community to help with that piece. In addition to some other steps in your book that I uh, oh, another huge one, another huge one that was so helpful was to look at like the birth dates or special occasions that were associated with my family those times and create a new celebration. And guess what? through one of our discussions after the book and after i met you when we talked about that my father transitioned in august amiri was born in august they were that date was only a amiri is your is amiri is the young person you're you're the child that you're helping raise okay correct correct okay. yeah i'm part of a, right, a community beautiful. helping so raise so the birth yeah. and the death happened in the same month like the same month and you and you invited me in a a conversation to then create a new celebration that's also a, was a wonderful piece of a nugget of 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 gem of an idea a spark to do that and that shifted me then cuz now next august and every august cuz he's 4 i got a whole bunch of i have a whole a lot of augusts to come cuz i plan to i'm living a high quality life and the way i'm living with like in, in using lifestyle medicine in my life I intend to live a high quality life hopefully like the centarians in the blue zones so I got some decades to go right it looks it looks so like it i mean I'll you look like these. you're about 30 years younger than you just quoted your age i was like what <laughs> what that bird and he just Thank say you. you look like you're 30 years younger than <laughs> Thank you so but yeah that, i'll be able to to have new celebrations every yeah. august and that oh that just lifted that that's been helpful so so many wonderful tools in the book I'm, yeah, and all of that happened because of my vulnerability, breaking cycles, With the client, right? Sharing, because like I said, I'm a man, and I'm society. I was taught this as a young male to be not vulnerable, to be armored up, 
right? So all these, it ties all together around, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is so beautiful. And I, I know that was one of our discussions because I'm working on my second book now, which is oh, yay. 30, thank you. Yeah, 30 practical healing techniques that I've been using for myself and with my clients. It's called the PHT program, Practical oh. Healing Technique Program. And it's the 30 practical healing techniques. So it wasn't when we in this exact book, but it was when we were talking and and you were talking about a whole bunch of things happening in a similar part of the year. And that's, I think what you're referring to is I was, I was talking about body calendar, like these important dates, even if we may or may not acknowledge them are in our bodies, our bodies. If like the, 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 the day that we received the phone call about some terrible news that affected Mm -hmm. us, like that day is imprinted on our bodies and we might not consciously realize it, but then, Something about the passing of time, you know, whether if something really traumatic, I have a client who had a bunch of uh, loss and terrible news happen in October. So it might be for her. She might not even realize it. Well, now, because she's my client, we talk about it really consciously. We're like, this is happening. Let's use it in a willful, empowered way. Like you keep using this great word power. Um, You know, it might be like the smell of all of that autumn autumn spice Mm. stuff happening or pumpkin spice being advertised. You know, there might be things you might not realize, but when something is hinting or showing you that October is coming and coming, you might not know, well, why am I feeling so anxious? Why did I just have so little patience and yell at this person at work? I was so spaced out when I was driving through that intersection. It's terrifying. I nearly had an accident. Why was I driving so poorly and spaced out? Like my purpose is that if we're really, uh, actively saying, oh, this part of August, I'm going to be careful with August mm. because August is a big month for me. So it, it also gives a place we get so busy. This goes back to the multitasking and the responsibilities and the bills and the celebrations and the good things. People don't want to, well, why would I want to grieve? I feel better now. You know, people don't want to, but then it's like, well, where in our year, where in our time, where in our life, do we ever want to go back to actually, we don't, choose to go back to those feelings necessarily, but those feelings are often in our body and they're going to oh. find the time and the place that mm. they want to come out and we're either going to mm. invite it and and do something conscious that helps us feel better with it. That's, that's mm. kind of what I call skillful grieving, the ability to approach a painful topic or situation in a way that helps us feel better and not worse afterwards. So Absolutely, you, yeah. you coming up with some new rituals for your August, August is and 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 looking ahead, you're excited. You're like, I've got all these Augusts. I don't have to have one be perfect. This goes back to what do we expect ourselves mm. to perform as or heal during loss? Like, I've got the rest of my Augusts to yep. play around with that. You know, each August Absolutely. will be different. Each decade will be different. It'll feel different to me. I might want to celebrate um, and commemorate, you know, mm. what you learned and were with your father in different ways. Yeah. And I guess I'm curious if you felt like sharing and then we can move on to some other other interesting stuff and eventually sort of sum up here. Oh, my goodness. It's been almost almost half hour. <laughs> like, how did you know you I ask this question sometimes. What? Are, how did you know you needed more help than you were getting? How did you know that it was getting harder to function in your day? Where were those where were those, you know, broken parts of the day or broken parts of activities showing up if you if you're willing to share something? Because people don't know they need help. Yeah, it might not show up as crying, for example, especially mm-hmm. if we're talking about gender stuff. It showed up for me at night at around nine o'clock because I had a noise. 
It's something about right around eight or nine o'clock at night where I'm all done with my day. And normally I have rituals that I do at night. Um, and one of the rituals that it doesn't include is, you know, eating because certain types of eating patterns, drinking patterns, um, or binge watching distractions. I started engaging in a lot of distractionary behaviors at night. And, uh, and a big one of that was like this eating. <laughs> That's the, that was a big one. And I know that I, that maybe our audience members might share in that, that stress eating at well, stress, what that comforting comfort food, right? That's what comfort food got the name from. So it was that it was showing up in like that at night because there at night when I was all alone home, feeling feelings of loneliness, loss, and not wanting to, and like I said earlier, not honoring that part of me, the inner child in me that needed some space to grieve. So I was distracting myself from that pain with excessive eating, late night eating, and our list is long. That's how it was showing up. But then that other part of me who knows, wait a minute, you don't do that. That's not who you are. <laughs> you don't do that. Not all the time. I do it sometimes. Right, I do it sometimes. It's not like I don't eat late at night, but I, that's not my habit. That's not my usual mode of operand, operandi. So that's how it showed up. And then I was okay. Uh, uh-uh, something's got to stop here. Wait, this if I keep doing this, it's going to become a habit again, and I'll start doing these behaviors that I did thirty something years ago before I lost seventy pounds. How do we stay healthier longer because we're not having setbacks that are as big during the hard times? So, like right. as a person who who knows what it's like to weigh 70 pounds more and you you held it at a weight that you're enjoying for 35 years you I can imagine that was a little you were like oh no oh no I'm not (laughs) you you stepped up you were like what do I need to do differently because if the previous coping habit wasn't something I was going to want to get back into is that absolutely absolutely that was part of it and I want to also share with you real quick I sometimes let the word weight maintenance come in, but actually what was more important to me was my body composition, that I've maintained my body composition. So I want our audience, another takeaway is looking at our bodies, um, weight can go up and down scales. It's our body composition, which was more important to me. So body composition, you're talking about the ratio of muscle mass. To fat, is, correct. Okay, just so correct. people, everyone yeah. kind of knows what you're saying, because that's really valuable. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. And also the fact that muscle weighs more than fat. And so therefore, if I use the scale, if I think of weight and the way we just normally talk about it and how it's talked about in the doctor's office, which is where it starts, which the whole BMI index, and we're not talking about that, but just want to throw that in there. That makes people, that That's can throw people That's the body mass off. index. Right. Okay. That's the ratio of fat cells to muscle, to muscle. mass. Okay. Correct. And it's Got a very it. flawed okay. system. And that yeah. system tells me that right now I'm obese. And that was a system that told me that years ago. So that's a whole other thing. So anyway, I just want to make sure I clarify that it w- I was concerned that I, my body composition would change if I started engaging in behaviors that I I let go 30-something years ago, right? And 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 also, I, I was starting to not go to the gym as regularly because I, it was all the, all the things that I d- have done over the 35 years to maintain this were starting to slip slightly ever so 
because of what I was saying, the how it was showing up in my life, that grief and that loss. And it was showing up, yeah, and predominantly at night with stress eating and doing, you know, distracting behaviors, binging watch, not getting good sleep because I was staying up a little late. We're going to be finishing out, but that's that's part of why I, I tried to, I hadn't seen my own book in a really long time. So I had a review, <laughs> but we have the we have the 10 actions of healing because people are like, well, I don't know what grief is. I don't know. I just know I feel lousy. I don't know what grief is. How would I even begin to figure out when I'm this busy and I have all these responsibilities, what's going to fit into my current life? And what am I attracted to as a possible, you know, you can't hit all those pillars at once. You can't hit all the healing. So I, I I came up with the 10 actions of healing of hibernate because that sleep going wrong is going to make everything else in your day harder. So the number one of the 10 actions of healing, and I did this on purpose, is hibernate. Hibernate, hydrate, commemorate, create, liberate, donate, celebrate, relate, contemplate fate, and rejuvenate. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to leave a whole bunch of options where someone could be like, I'm foggy, I'm not thinking very well, but like one of those might be attractive. And that if you can do, you know, choose whichever little activities might make one of those things feel a little bit better in as little as five to 15 minutes because people are busy. So that was that helping people not feel like overwhelmed and stuck. Like, oh, if I do one thing to make my sleep better, for example, Mm -hmm. that, that that's a huge accomplishment. And maybe that's, you know, some days that's one huge, one, one accomplishment per day is plenty when we're going through hard times. So absolutely. uh, Absolutely. And interesting how those steps, a few of them there correlate to lifestyle medicine pillars. So you, you can, (laughs) which, and which are are the areas of, of that I help move people through and start to create strategies to, um, to, to do in their lives. So that's part of that, that coaching piece. So yeah, it, there's a lot of synergy there. <laughs> How can people communicate with you, stay in touch if they want to yeah. work with you and and what's happening maybe uh coming up for people that aren't local? Yeah. Like how are how are people gonna get their help that they want from you now yeah. that they're so impressed? Yeah. Your website name is mm-hmm. yeah, uh between the ears dot net. Between the ears. ears. Okay. All one word between the ears dot net. They can okay. email me at Darren at between the ears.net. So I can be reached okay. that way. And also there's links to those socials if they go to my website. Uh, also, if you can sign up for my monthly newsletter, and that's probably the best way to be informed about, well, not only you'll be informed about some future uh, things, services and promotions that I'll be doing in 2024, such as some group co- coaching. Right now, I just provide private one-on-one uh, coaching and or personal training services, but I'm wanting to expand that so I can be more uh, accessible to more people. So that's coming in 2024. All right, Body Aware Living community, we are going to thank Darren Moore for being with us today. And as many days as we feel like listening to this, the more we can, we're going to have to call this just podcast number one, because we're going to get back together whenever we want. But let's just call this podcast number one. Okay. We got to end it at Agreed. some point. Yes. Let's choose sort of right around now. <laughs> And let's please ask people to share this, share this with people who are struggling, whether it's loss, whether it's weight loss, whether it's inspiration that's, that's, um, you know, that you're seeing in him, uh, Darren model, and you're hearing, he's got these specific pathways to do some of these inspiring things that he's done to uh, make himself 
you know, radiant and happy, even though things haven't always been easy. So I want to thank you very much. I hope people will share this with um, people they care about and be in contact with you. And uh, many best wishes. One final wish that you have for our community, Darren, one final thing that you, a blessing or something kind that you want to say to them. Yeah, I want to, first of all, thank you so much for having me, Margo. And again, I'm extremely grateful that uh, that you've invited me here and that our paths have crossed, that you wrote this fantastic book and that you're, you're writing another one. It's going to be a, a help, inspiration to others who are grieving. So that, and then I'll just end with, you know, community is medicine with that concept. You know, find your tribe together. We're you can find hope and inspiration together. Don't go it alone. We're not meant to go it alone. So community is meant. Find your tribe of support, uh, if nothing else. And uh, yeah, we'll leave your listeners with that. Community is medicine. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Darren. This is Marga Rose, Body Aware Living. Many best wishes to all of you. Until next time, take care. All right.